Something I know you're going to find very hard to believe, and the seminarians here will especially find it hard to believe, but that's that I have the capacity to act like an incredible jerk at times. <laughs> and I recently chose to exercise that option with a very dear friend. And they'd done something that was kind of annoying to me, not a big deal, but it just wasn't the right day for it. And I came back with kind of a really snide, sarcastic, cutting kind of thing, and just kind of left it there, right? We went our separate ways, and I felt terrible about it. And we communicate a lot during text, so it's not like I was weaseling out by replying in text. But I texted a few days later a message, and you know, apologizing for what I'd done and acknowledging it, and you know, trying to be sincere and acknowledge. And then a day went by, and nothing happened. And if you live in the text universe, you know, all sorts of thoughts come up in your mind. And then eventually a reply came in, and no emojis, right? No, no fancy characters, just thank you. Period. So that wasn't quite the response I was hoping for. But curiously enough, I felt more at peace with that than if I had just sort of sat back and thought about, you know, I'm not going to send this. They offended me. They've offended me other times without apologizing. It's not that big a deal. We've known each other for many, many years. I know that if I had gone that route, and if you wait long enough, right? There's this unwritten rule: if you ignore something you should do long enough, you probably shouldn't do it. No, it's not the way it works. But that's the way I pretend. And I know that eventually enough water would have passed under the bridge, and life would have gone on. But there was a peacefulness in my heart for just putting that out there, even though it didn't wind up quite the way I wanted it to. And that's the thing I just invite us to think about. So as we go into this next series, or tonight's theme is, you know, saying yes to God even when it's hard. But I think that begs the question. Well, what's the hard thing? Because if you're like me, sometimes you're thinking, "Well, it's hard. Jesus asks us to do this, or doing this thing can be very difficult, or maybe in this case, it's hard to say you're sorry." But I really don't think that's the case most of the time. I think sometimes the hardest thing to do is to receive. One of the hardest things to do is to receive, to receive mercy. But in biblical sense, mercy is really just God's love. Mercy doesn't just mean say you're sorry and be forgiven. Mercy means letting yourself go into an intimate relationship, and that isn't about what you do. At least with God, most of the time, it's not about are you working hard enough, are you making the right choices. Other than the most basic choice of can I let myself. Be forgiven. Can I let myself be loved by God? And that might sound strange because all we ever talk about is how much God loves us and God chooses us before we choose God. But if it were that easy, we wouldn't act like jerks, right? We wouldn't make snide remarks to dear friends. We wouldn't hesitate over asking for forgiveness. The hard thing is hard. Because oftentimes we make it hard. So let's go to our friend Zacchaeus. He's a beautiful illustration of how we often want mercy on our terms, right? So Jesus is coming along. He he desires to see him. There's something in him that desires some kind of relationship. 
but he wants it on his terms. And what are his terms? Well, I'm going to go to the back, back of the chew, the back, back, of the, uh, back of the church, the back pew. In ancient Jericho, they didn't slope up towards the back like Catholic churches do, so if you go to the back of the church, you can't see. You've got to climb a tree. And so that's what he does. But notice how much he's orchestrating the scene. I don't want to be here in front because they don't like me. If I stand here, then I have to subject myself to how they see me and what they're going to think about me. And then Jesus is just one more person coming along who's going to have an opinion about me. So I'll go to the back, but I do want to see, so I'll climb the tree. He's so much in control. And it's easy just to laud him and say, yeah, but he wants to see Jesus. That's what we should do. This is evangelization. And Jesus isn't buying it. Evangelization, schmevangelization. If you're back there, up a tree, we're not engaging with each other. You can't orchestrate God's mercy. You can't orchestrate this relationship. If you're like me, you know ways to orchestrate your human relationships. We know buttons to push, we know strings to pull, we know how to tug on old memories. Sometimes we even do that with our own heart. We're pretty good at orchestrating relationships if we decide to do it. And they're not always bad things, right? I'm not suggesting that using a relationship by drawing on the past is necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it can be a very healing thing. But a lot of times I think we want God's mercy on our terms. And we often don't even know that we're doing that. I mean, we're not naive, we're not stupid. We know we don't force God to forgive us. But like Zacchaeus, we sort of have our game plan all worked out. And then all of a sudden, we're making choices so that when the offer of mercy comes, we want to be the ones laying out what it should look like. And the beauty of Jesus' way of interacting, long before the resurrection, right? This is just the guy, Jesus of Nazareth. This isn't St. Paul's risen Christ or salvific glory of the cross. This is just a guy, Jesus of Nazareth. The beauty is that he doesn't let Zacchaeus or anybody else orchestrate the way he wants to be in relationship. And so, of course, famously, he looks Zacchaeus in the eye. Zacchaeus, come down. I must have dinner with you tonight. And Zacchaeus comes down, and we're told he comes down quickly, right? There's a zeal now in his heart. It's like he's given up control. All right, I'll come down. I'll go through this crowd, regardless of what they think of me. I'll be here with you. Why? Because you've shown a deep desire to know me. And I really think, at the end of the day, there's nothing we long for more as human beings than to be known. To be sure, there's lots of folks we don't want to know us. We're shy, we're embarrassed, we're ashamed with certain people in certain situations. But deep down, we long to be known at least by someone we trust, in a relationship that we think is safe. And the irony is, an intimate relationship with Jesus will often seem like the most terrifying thing until we're actually in it. And it'll seem like something we want to orchestrate, we want to control, we want God's mercy on our terms. And the beauty is, that attitude will never push God away. It pushes people away, I know I'm really good at that. If I don't want you to be a part of my life, I have no problem making sure that happens. 
Maybe you have some of those skills yourself. We're good sometimes at orchestrating things. We're good at leading other people to say, well, forget it. Why am I even bothering? I tried. You want none of it. Okay, let's go our separate ways. Thank you, period. And Jesus persistently just keeps showing up. So we don't have Jesus of Nazareth. We have the risen Christ, which doesn't always seem as visceral in our presence, perhaps. But that presence is there, and it's often manifested in a lot of different ways. Certainly in the sacraments, but also in the people around us. So maybe you felt comfortable giving your name at the start of Mass. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you'll use their name at the end. I hope we will, but maybe you won't. But at the end of the day, every man, woman, and child in this place and that we'll meet for the rest of our lives is in some way an embodiment, an opportunity of relaxing our attempt to control God's mercy. And I really mean that. The more authentically we can be in relationship with each other, the more authentically we come down a few steps from whatever tree we've scurried up into. Saying yes to God even when it's hard. That's great, great advice. But the irony, the strange thing is that we're often the ones who make it hard. And maybe just to hear this little spiritual exercise this week, Jesus looking us in the eye, whatever our version of the tree is, whatever crowd we're at the back of because we don't want to be seen or known, and whatever it looks like for you to just listen for that really very extraordinary invitation. Come down. I've got to be with you tonight. Maybe it's in a text message that's waiting for you. Maybe it's in an email. Maybe it's in a glance by someone on the street that you'll only see for three seconds and may never see again, but there's some touch of humanity in the encounter. I must stay with you tonight, whether you think it's easy or you think it's hard.